it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast, a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. I have an awesome guest in store for you today. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Business Beauty Network podcast wherever you're listening. It's totally free. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it as well. Sharing is caring. So if you know someone who would benefit from this content, make sure you share it. Also, make sure that you leave us a review. Reviews really help other people to find us. We want to hear from you. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify. We would love to hear from you and connect with you there, but that really helps other people to find us. So don't forget to leave us a review. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. I had an awesome conversation with Linsea. I met her at an event, I think maybe a year ago or maybe earlier this year, but Linsea was a delight to meet. We've had a few great conversations, and I thought she would be great to have on the podcast today. I really enjoyed this interview, guys. She dropped so many gems, and I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know Linsea as I have. Here is a little bit of Linsea's bio. Meet Linsea, the driving force behind Better Beauty Collective. Get ready to be inspired as we introduce you to Linsea, the visionary leader steering the ship at Better Beauty Collective with a passion for transforming the beauty industry. Linsea has dedicated her career to bringing ethical and sustainable beauty solutions to the forefront. Changing the face of beauty one step at a time, Better Beauty Collective, under Linsea's guidance, is making waves by refining beauty standards and practices. Linsea's commitment to promoting environmentally friendly and responsible beauty choices is shaping the industry in a remarkable way. I think you really are going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It is your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Linsea. Welcome, Linsea. How are you? I'm so good, Brandi. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> I'm excited to have you finally on the podcast, Linsea. But before we um, learn more about you and all the awesome things that you're doing with your business, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Ooh. So most people in this arena would not know that I was formerly a CrossFit athlete and CrossFit coach and competitive uh, on team. And I was able to lift really heavy things from the ground to over my head. And that was a little bit of my specialty. Oh, so you are a power lifter? Like I was, yeah, weightlifting is what it's called. So yeah, clean and jerk and snatch were my like 
favorite things. And um, yeah, they were a big part of what came, you know, my history. So also, also, I wouldn't see you as like a muscle bound lady, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, it was. Um, I definitely have never, you know, sometimes you get women who like their physique is I was never like busting with muscles. I had a ton of strength. I had muscles for sure. Uh, and yeah, I have a competitive streak in me and I love doing things with teams. So it aligned beautifully and I had a really good time and a lot of memories in that sport. Awesome. I love that. Let's say it. Thanks for uh, sharing that. I like, I, I think you're my first one. <laughs> first, one say up, first weightlifter. <laughs> yep, yeah. So I think, so thanks for sharing that. So tell us your beauty story. Like how did you get into the industry? Oh, I love my beauty story. Um, my truth to beauty story is that as a very young girl, I never really loved the way I looked. I had a lot of, um, a lot of stories around my identity and my physicality and was diagnosed in my teens with body dysmorphia. My grandmother who helped raise me, my grandma and grandpa, along with my mom, she was, uh, back then she was a professor in my understanding at a beautician college. Now I understand she was, uh, you know, <laughs> that she was an instructor and it was an instructor at a, a beauty college. And my favorite thing is I would go there, not often with her, but I would go there on the weekends or on the shorter days or get dropped off if like, you know, they, they needed someone to keep me and the girls would dote on me. Primarily women were in the, the beauty college and they would dote on me and they would do my hair and I, as you can see, have curly hair and my mom and my grandma did not. And so they would make my hair feel really pretty. And so I always believed that going to the salon and like doing those things would make you pretty. And when I had the opportunity to go to uh, beauty school while also in high school, it like was the most aligning thing because I felt really bad about myself. I was hoping that I could learn ways that I would feel good about me too and I fell in love with helping other people feel good about themselves. And it opened up a whole trajectory to my profession and my career that I never could have imagined. So I was a licensed, I've been a licensed beauty professional for over 22 years. And I worked behind the chair for 15 plus, a little more than 15. And I retired to work primarily in a brand director role. And so that's been my trajectory, my pathway. And I've enjoyed every minute, minute of it. <laughs> That's interesting. You never know where this journey called life will take you. So it's just interesting how, you know, you struggling as a young girl and those, the impact that going to the salon made on you. And um, I'm glad you shared that because beauty is something that I think some people, they, they don't see the value in it, but you can really change how people feel and make an impact on people's lives just by making them look and feel good about themselves for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the reality is that uh, that is for me, what was the most exciting. And the reason why I went on to become an educator and an instructor in colorimetry and really like color theory was something that was like my first passion in the industry was because I wanted to be able to do that with certainty and with confidence. Like I never wanted anyone to be in my chair and feel sad. And I know every hairstylist listening can understand this same sentiment and the same thing. And so that was the thing is like, 
everything that I've ever aspired to do was to be better at helping people like feel better. And then I realized that when I could be part of the teaching of other hairstylists, these same principles so that they had confidence and certainty in their formulation, then they were able to bleed more of that beautification into the world, you know, and really having confidence in their craft. And it, it elevated and opened up so many doorways for me. So yeah, you never know where you're going to start and where it may lead. <laughs> oh, how did you make the transition from being behind the chair to now educating and, you know, starting your own business? Yeah. So I started behind the chair with it, obviously, and then moved. I, I've been in every business before. I actually retired right when suite stylists were kind of taking off. I had been a booth renter and then rented a suite within um, the salon space. And so I actually did get to experience every form of business in this industry in terms of commission, booth rental, and suite stylists, independent, like completely independent. Uh, and I, in each one of those, so the way that I got um, into education or, or became, became an educator was that I auditioned for a hair color brand. I wanted to be part of their team. And when that team was getting dismantled because of some shifts in the industry, a new color line was coming to the U.S. And I was invited because of our salon, we were invited to be at the launch and I learned about an opportunity. I networked and I got myself the ability to be able to audition for that team too. And that is where I auditioned. I became part of the team. That led me into leadership in, of many different things from technical director to education director to regional director. And so I moved throughout that industry and within that team and came to the place of directing the brand in the US territory. And it was by consistency, by being committed to the cause. Like I was 100% and am 100% committed when I stand behind something, it's going to get my everything. And I'm not gonna stand behind or beside something that I don't believe in. And so, you know, I took a brand that isn't mine and I treated it like my baby. I treated it as though it was my family owned business, that it was my company creating these, you know, these shades and these shampoos and all of the things. And so that is how I moved from and through. And as I gained more responsibility within the brand roles, I didn't have the flexibility or really the bandwidth to continue working behind the chair too. There simply was not enough time to be able to do both. And so a decision had to be made. And that's when I retired from behind the chair and moved into brand direction and event curation and all of those things. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know sometimes it's difficult to make shifts or scary <laughs> to do that, to change, especially, you know, you were behind the chair for 15 years and to, you know, to make that change. So I just wanted you to share that. So I know now you have um, your community, the Better Beauty Collective. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah. So it's funny because, and I know you know this because you're exceptional at marketing and you help facilitate so much help with others in their branding and their business building. And so the reality is that I do many things. And one thing that leading a brand taught me is that, and other endeavors in my life is that I'm great at creating community because I crave community. I love community. And I really do believe that that is where we amplify. And so 
I have some core principles as I'm, I believe all your listeners do too. And in the beauty industry, Better Beauty Collective stands for doing things more holistically, behaving from a place of like really soulful brand building and intentional and, you know, really insightful business um, concepts that help us to be not only beacons of light in the industry, like yes, making people feel better, but doing it with less toxicity because that matters a lot to me. I also have a community, the Wellness Warrior collective. And everything we do is about being spiritual and holistic in our practices. And so I really want to ensure because I am the victim of multiple miscarriages behind the chair. And I had no idea that it had to do with the toxicity I was exposed to. And we have ovarian cancer and thyroid dysfunction is alarming in regards to the rates in our industry. And that's directly proportionate to the level of toxicity that we're exposed to. And so these are like beacons of conversation topics. And then I also share when you find brands that you believe in, that adhere to the values that mean something to you, and you've ensured that they're doing better when it comes to the environment and the toxicity, you know, the reducing toxicity of their product, then it's time to figure out how to leverage that so that you can earn more income too. Because in our industry, we don't have the same established principles or, you know, uh, investment portfolios with uh, within our, our businesses. And so it's really important to me that we pair cleaner, healthier, better beauty, hair care and products with amazing ways in which we can grow our business beyond behind the chair. So beyond the, the Better Beauty Collective is us collecting together, coming together and facilitating events and experiences and conversations that all lean in the direction of supporting that. Yes, and I think if people didn't know before, they know now, it's very important to have multiple streams of income within this industry, right? Because like as a beauty professional, you're providing a service, you're using your hands, but what happens if you get sick and things like that? So it's, it's, it's important to not have your all your eggs in one basket, in my opinion, and to build multiple streams of income as well so that you can prepare yourself for when you're not able to be behind a chair eventually, right? And so many times I find uh, people in this industry just don't prepare for that or don't think about that. And it's so hard to even... Like I see so many people stay at the same income level for years and years within this industry and never figure out really how to how to scale or to grow their you know income you know past a certain point. So I want you to kind of share some like what are some ways um beauty professionals can create multiple streams of income within their business? Oh, I love this question. It's one of the things. So right now we're on, we're moving into week three. Uh, in, in a program that I lead. And it really is about facilitating this for, for uh, solopreneurs, small business and entrepreneurs. And so earning income in additional ways is so possible in today's world. And I really invite us to think that it isn't about earning extra income for when we want to retire. It's about earning extra income for right now so that we can retire and so that we can live at a higher level of success success, if that may be, or give at a higher level of success, if that may be it. Because so often, you know, I, I meet with a lot of hairstylists that are like, I do really good. I work three days a week and I make this much money and they equate the hours and they're like, that's enough for me. 
And I ask them, I'm like, I know how loving you are. Are you giving at the same capacity of your earning? Because we all have that ability. And so there is abundance that we are worthy of creating and calling in. And it is a mindset. And when we realize that we're worthy of, uh, you know, abundance and that, that doesn't, that's not a, that's not an energy thing. It's not like if you get rich, you're going to become evil. If you're a great person, if I give you a lot of money, you're going to do more good in the world. And so when we think about that, then we open ourselves up to what other ways am I open to earning income? So one is e-commerce. Like, listen, every professional stylist has the ability to earn income through e-commerce and there's an exceptional platform. And then when you partner with the right brands, you can actually really optimize your sales ability or your commission earning capacity. And so for me, it's not only, you know, really leverage for those of you that are wondering, it's Salon Interactive. It's not only leveraging Salon Interactive, but ensuring that you are representing the brands that are not only in alignment with you, but are paying you appropriately. So for me, if something is coming in that form or facility, I'm looking for 50%. I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> if people want to call that greedy, call it what it is. I, you know, I really navigated and fought really hard to ensure that that's something that our company could do and that we could go alongside other brands that believe and do the same thing. Because when you're selling online e-commerce, not only are you being more sustainable because the product does not have to ship to the salon and then, you know, travel to the, the customer's end home. Not everyone has retail space for all the things they want to recommend. And so you get to put your top favorites, your top sellers, you get to, you know, really leverage what kind of resources do you have so that you can have those assets sitting in the salon. And, and it gives you the opportunity to sell beyond what you can even afford to possibly purchase, which is great for new businesses that are launching rather than feeling like they have to drop, you know, $1,500 or what have you on an intro pack, which is a great business investment when you're at the right place in business. And when you have customers that are coming in the door, maybe you're someone who was successful and you're moving to a new location and you're going to have control over your retail easier to invest at that point than if you just graduated beauty school and you're moving or you're newer, um, you know, newer in the industry and you don't have a big book of business. So I love people considering that it's not that, uh, you know, one thing can work many ways for many different people. Also offering what are, what's your skill set? What are you really good at? And how could you help other stylists be able to do that better too? And so leveraging, being able to have digital products and ways in which people work with you. That is a great way to be able to shake up what you're doing behind the chair Additional things are, you know, getting really creative in partnership collaboration. What can that look like for you? These are just a few of the ways to earn income and things that I absolutely do. There are so many more ways to earn income in addition to this. And this is not to take away or pull anyone from behind the chair. It's to give you more freedom when you're there. Like, what if you could have a fuller dispensary because you're more robustly funded because you're earning income in other ways? What if you could go do haircuts at a, a local, you know, shelter or some kind of business support facility one day, because you could now do that for free because you're earning income when you're not behind the chair. So some things to consider when I think of earning uh, in ways in addition to our craft. Alyssa, yeah, thanks for sharing those tips. I think those are some awesome tips, but oftentimes I've talked to many, you know, beauty professionals who maybe they've done like you know, the beauty supply where you can like um, do that website and they've become a part of that and they try to sell beauty supplies 
or maybe they're trying to sell hair and different things or lashes or whatever it may be. I've seen people do that um, through other companies where, you know, it was easier. They had a website, they didn't have to ship it and things of that nature. But how do you market that? I want you to share that because I think oftentimes people will start things like that and think like, oh, well, if I sign up and I put the site out there and my link in bio, people will just come. But that's not true. So how? So when you decide you're going to do e-commerce, e as that was the one you were mainly focused on for e-commerce, how do you? What are some ways you can market? Like as a hairstylist, now you're providing hair care products, whatever you're going to sell. How can you market that? Because I think people are. Some people are aware of it, or maybe people have tried it and failed, and they just don't know how to really get their e-commerce business to work for them. Well, of course. And so I love this. E-commerce means e-marketing. So what does that mean? Marketing must happen. And it's going to be in the digital space. So you can choose your place, whether it's paid advertisement, you're doing stories on your, you know, on your social, you're building your following, you're, you can't always be asking. So you must be delivering, which means giving content that is of value, creating a community. And so the way that you sell regularly is through your following. And the most, you know, the most impactful way to do that is to have an email list or a text to marketing, um, like a, a texting marketing uh, concept. Those are going to be the best ways because that's where you're in communication with the people that you're selling to. Of course, you're going to consistently be marketing that others can opt in for you and come into that list, do things like freebies and opt-ins so that they can come in so they have access to these resources and the testimonials and the stories that you're going to share through. And it all comes and it's not all automation, but it much of it can also be automated in the very beginning steps. Like for instance, if you sign up for my new e email list, I'm not going to every single time someone signs up, write a hello and welcome. My name is Lindsay. So there's a template for that, that everybody gets that is authenticated. Like it's written by me. I, I know exactly what it is. I love what it says. And so we can integrate automation and then it is in there that we provide information. And when you provide information to someone's inbox and um, some call this direct marketing, some you can use network marketing in the same way because it's essentially a link that you get a commission or a referral uh, you know, kind of payment from. And they work in different ways based on the structure, all ways to earn income. And the most important thing is that this becomes, you know, a conversation. So that's a lot of people do believe that if I, if I get the link and then I put the link here, everybody will want to buy from me. And it is about telling people what we have available to purchase. It's up to us for the marketing. And so that, that comes with strategy and those things will be developed over time. There is no point in the strategy if you don't have a call to action, if you don't have a deliverable for me. So it's an important thing, even if it changes over time, it's a great place to begin and then you can move it into anything. Hey, BBN community, Brandy here. I have something I wanna share with you. As a busy entrepreneur, wife, mother, and all the many hats I wear, I had been very tired lately, like just low energy. And it had really started to affect my creativity, and just a lack of focus, a lack of clarity at times. And this was really, you know, messing up my business life, if I'm honest. And I was looking for a solution, trying supplements and many different things. Nothing seemed to work. So coincidentally, I was contacted by Magic Mind. 
And they have these green shots that are all healthy ingredients that are supposed to give you energy and clarity and focus and all these things. So it sounded like exactly something that I needed. So I tried it out. I took a shot right before I drank my coffee and I went on with my day. And when I tell you that stuff gave me a pep in my step, right? I was like, oh my gosh, like I have so much energy and I didn't crash. Usually if I drink a lot of coffee, I crash every day. That didn't seem to happen. I didn't crash and I only drank one cup of coffee in addition to it. And I was good all day. I mean, I had ideas. I was taking notes on my phone. I was writing stuff down and I was like, let me try it again. I tried again the next day. Same thing, full of energy, full of ideas and clarity. So this stuff works, guys. So I just wanted to share that. I don't share nothing that I don't truly believe in, but this has been helping me have more energy and clarity. You can check it out at magicmind.com. I actually have a code which gives you 40% off the subscription, which is Brandy BBN. So it's just Brandy, which is B-R-A-N-D-I-B-B-N. That's Brandy BBN at magicmind.com. Check it out for yourself. Now, what are some ways that people can market more in, in person and sell more in person. What I mean by that is I've seen stylists have a shelf full of products, but never mention anything to me. Like I've seen this, honestly, they never said nothing about that. It looked pretty up there. <laughs> you know, they had their oils and their shampoos and, but they've never said anything. So I wish you to kind of share some ways that they could even sell behind the chair, not just online, but even behind the chair and like, so we're going into the holiday season. It's October. Well, so I'm already pushing this October. Not quite yet, <laughs> but it's the fall officially, right? So we're going into the holiday season soon. So we're preparing for that. You got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those things coming up. So you have things on, on your shelf. How do you sell it? What are some ways that we can sell these products and move these products and market them, not even just online. You gave us some online, but how could we do it within our salon or our suite? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll also say a little bit like this is my sweet spot because for the vast majority of my time behind the chair, there was no such thing as e-commerce. We didn't sell anything online. <laughs> you know what I mean? I spent a whole lot of money, like thousands of dollars for my first website so that I could like look like a professional, you know, that along with a gigantic picture of me on the side of a bus that drove around my town to recruit customers. So like <laughs> totally different era. And yes, I know I look 22 and I am. Okay, so um, the reality is that it's about, it's about educating people. And that's gonna be, and it's gonna begin with mentality, mindset 100%. Listen, if you are going to say that you are not a salesperson, then I invite you to find a different career, period. Point blank, like if you want to, if you like, and I, the reason I say this is because if that's the case, then how do you ever invite someone to get highlights? How do you ever invite someone to get a double process? Like every single time you're making a suggestion, that is a sales, that's an upsell for everything. So if you don't want to sell and you like only then that, or you could work at one of the, the more like walk-in type, um, uh, chains franchises where people come in and they just want one thing. And so then you don't really, you don't, I mean, even there, just so you know, you earn income with your retail and it would be crazy to let that money go to waste because they're buying something. And if it's not going to be from you, it'll be from the local grocer, which, you know, why do you want the big chain? This is what I talk about a lot. Like the big brands are prostituting our industry because they sell it right alongside their groceries. And so they're purchasing there rather than the purchasing from the person who's bought 
or really developed that intimacy with the brand because we're the one that teaches them how to use it and has them smell it and has them, you know, really like goes through all of the ways it may detail or all of the application uses. So this to me begins in mindset, because if you believe you're not here to sell anything, you're in the wrong profession. Now, if you can step aside and say, I'm going to sell things that are going to always be to the benefit of my client to bring the best end result for what it is that they're asking, it's going to be aligned with my core values of my mission and my vision statement for my business. And so I'm not going to buy things or stand beside things or recommend things that I don't believe in or I don't use. And so if you do those things, then every single time someone is in your chair, you're teaching them about the things they can get through you. And it doesn't have to be sales pitchy. You can do it in the middle of the story about them going to Florida recently. You literally can say like, while they're doing it and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, Sally. Yes, that is amazing. Before you go, like, hold on, before you, you say another word, this is the volumizing spray. And I know you talk about all the time, you can't ever get the blow dry the same at home as I do it. So I want to show you what I do so that you do it the same way. Okay, Sally, do you see how I'm taking sections that are one inch and I'm spraying it close to the, the root? Do you see how I'm using my fingers and emulsifying it all over your scalp? And right, teach them. And then when you get up to the end, Hey, Sally, I just wanted to put the three to five products that you use, shampoo, conditioner, one styling aid is always a minimum of three. You've done three before they get out of the door and then anything else you use. These are the five, the, the five uh, strategy always, always, always for clothes. Here are the five that I use or recommend for you. If I had to choose three, these would be the three. Walk away if you've got a, you know, if you have a front desk, she can help you with all the pricing. Let me know how it's working for you. This is a way to do it. Now, if you were saying for me, as we're walking into holiday, how do I incentivize this at a higher level? And how do I start to build a relationship with these clients beyond behind the chair and really develop a relationship where I'm going to be able to talk to them when they're not with me? I would put together a quick little video, maybe of my three top sellers, a different video and uh, maybe a different landing page if I wanted to, or a different video. And I would invite them for anyone that buys, you know, if you buy three or more products, you actually get my demo and I'll send it to you by the end of the day. And then I send them the, the you know, with, uh, for anyone who purchases, if you need a, um, if you need them to be able to opt into it, then you could have a QR code and literally say like my holiday gift is I'm giving away a four minute video on my best blow drying techniques, my best curling iron techniques. And then you have your products in there and underneath your product recommendations. And so these are the things they could buy them online. They could ask the next time. This is how I would like start with that marketing and prepare for the holiday season. Yeah, I think that is great. And I love what you said, like, it's it's all about really, like you said, you could add it into that Florida vacation. It's all about really having a conversation, right, with your client and making an expert recommendation, because we have to remember that we are the expert and we have to own that, right? So many times, you know, hairstylists fail to own that expert role, but when you own that and had a confidence, you know that... uh 
Mary needs a trim, you'll tell Mary, like, Mary, you know, it looks like you need a trim this time. Let's go ahead and do that trim, you know? And and, and that should be an easy add-on. And you can just go ahead and do the trim. And, and it's time, you, you um the season's changing. So what treatments are coming up in the fall? Recommend the treatment, right? You know, the pumpkin spice thing is on. If you have a pumpkin spice treatment, that might be great. Recommend that. You know, I know some people have those types of things, right? But find ways to make it more conversational. Just like you're uh, talking about something, like you said, did you trust and believe it? And that's why it is important to offer things that you trust and believe in because it'll be more natural for you. You won't feel like, I think people get, uh, they feel sleazy when it comes to sales because we've all had that bad sleazy sales experience before, right? And so I think when people think of sales, they get that icky feeling because they they think of that bad experience they once had. But we have to remember that selling a service, right? So you're providing a service. And if you if there's something that could benefit your client and you don't recommend it to them, you're doing a disservice to that client. So I love the way you share that. It's very, very important that you make it conversational in, in, in that way for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's important. And I love that you said, uh, service is selling. That's a beautiful way of reframing it too. And again, the reality is selling only is sleazy if you are sleazy in it, or if you have not practiced it often. And so it's important because when you're nervous, that's an energy. And so when you're nervous to say anything, people can feel that. And they're like, I don't really know if I trust what you're saying. And when you have a lot of confidence in it, because you know it's the best, there's no question. It's what you use every single day. You're an expert in it. That's why you've chose it. And so when you can stand in that posture, there's a completely different energetic exchange. And that person is going to, without question, be more influenced by you. And so it is important how we posture ourselves behind the chair. Listen, you know, I'm not one to think I say salons, do your thing. If all black, like the, you know, old school, like all black and rock that out without question. And the reason that that really came to be was to ensure professionalism and, you know, and uniformity. And so I invite us to think that that professionalism, no matter what we do is always the most important thing. People, it is, it was just proven in the a most recent survey, people no longer buy you, they buy the experience. Like it, people, the person behind it has actually now become less of the reason why someone buys than the experience they receive. And so it's always been this thing, like people buy me and that is true. And they also buy how you make them feel by being near you. So have a posture of confidence, hold yourself as a professional dress professional. This does not mean you have to spend a million dollars. Like, listen, I am boho queen. I barely, I don't wear a ton of makeup. I love a little, you know, a, a little uh, mess with my sass. Like that's my style. And so it's okay to be individually you. And it's never okay to expect someone to treat you like a professional if you're not showing up in that way. If you're not, you know, holding yourself in a professional manner all the way through the experience and providing it. So I love that. Yeah. Now thinking about that, some of the things that you were talking about, I think ties in to self-love because I know we had uh, tapped into it earlier. And I really want you to talk about that because I think part of the reason that we don't have confidence and all of those things 
it, it goes back to that self-love piece as well. So I know you've been on this journey. So share some of that with us and some tips on that. Yeah. Uh, so my self-love journey, as I, sh- I shared, is part of my beauty journey too. And I uh, share it very transparently. In fact, recently, our community for our daily self-love practice was published in a book. And so we're part of the, the book number nine of the change series. And I have my face on the front with Les Brown. It's very exciting. Awesome. And, the, and the self-love is because I do believe that, you know, I believe that beauty industry professionals have the ability to really be, uh, to aid in the healing of the world. And the reason why is we're, we're trusted so deeply with, you know, there's such an intimate connection. There are very few appointments in your world where you're one-on-one for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half hours, right? Very few things have that level of intimacy, in a client relate client uh, customer client however you want to refer it professional um, intimacy and so it really builds a a deep relationship and in a lot of opportunity and for me when we are looking at the beauty industry I believe that we all are called to wanting to be able to make ourselves feel better and others feel better like I do believe that that's the general reason you go into doing what we do in our creativity like being able to express ourselves and all of the things and so with that I also I believe that that is because we see the power in feeling good and I don't think that feeling good on the outside always means I think that and I can speak for me, I strived to feel better on the outside. I had cosmetic surgery. I've done, you know, I had like, I've had eating disorders. I've done all these things to change the outside because I thought that if I changed the outside, I would love me more. And I came to understand through Brene Brown's mentoring and many other beautiful, beautiful, exceptional leaders, Tony Robbins, and I'm sure, you know, many that you have followed too. And being able to go through Brene Brown leadership training three times really deepened this for me. And it really helped me understand that the love comes from what has always lived within no matter what happens externally, we are love and light and we are beacons that are meant to be seen, be witnessed, be honored, be celebrated. And that's why it feels so good to like honor and celebrate someone when they're in their chair and we're making them feel good and energies are high vibration. And so with that, you know, it's become my mission to uh, really invite us all to see that this opportunity is with us in every single moment, all of the time, anywhere. And by doing it in circle in our community, what we have amplified is this manifestation capacity. And we've also the proficiency of the way we're able to posture and speak about ourselves because we practice it five days a week for nearly three years um, in a community with over a hundred thousand people that have come in and considered the four things in regards to self and then had an invitation to come speak on behalf of them too. So self-love for me and the way it all connects is we often start shifting things on the outside when we're looking to love more of the inside. And I believe that if we go inward and love ourselves beginning inwardly, it ends up radiating outwardly. I believe that too. I believe that too. And I think uh, we all can use more of a self-love and taking care of ourselves, especially people in the beauty industry, because we're so, we're always taking care of other people, right? 
and we're making them look beautiful and that's what we do and that's great but make sure that you're taking care of you too and loving you yeah especially to to piggyback on that so I'm a Reiki two practitioner. So I really do. I take the energy thing very serious. Like I believe in it wholeheartedly and let it be whatever it is for you. But I invite us to consider if you've ever gotten to the end of your day and you're like, wow, that was draining. That's energy right there. If you feel, if you've ever been near someone and when they walk away, you're like, that was heavy or hard or felt, you know, emptying that's energy. And it is, it's a depleting energy. It's something that was pulling from your life force for whatever reason. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Someone can be walking through something really hard and empathy can put us in the place where that feels like a heavy thing. We feel it, you know, um, with, a, alongside, or it can resonate with us too. And so I, you know, when we are thinking of this ability to serve so much and pour forward so much. It is so often, like you said, that we don't take the time and center on our own energy and something that is pouring out over and over infinitely and isn't being poured back into, especially when we're looking for the pouring to be from other people, we're expecting others. And so often our expectations mean that we're let down because you know, they're, they, they often don't even know what we're expecting. And so when we come back and we fill up and we give ourselves the time and space to really get in touch and realign our energy, then we bring more of that light and that love and that, you know, entire experience again, to go back to, uh, leveraging and building customer relationship, we have better experiences. And so people come to us because they, they feel lighter and we're able to um, be inviting and igniting. So something to consider for sure, but without a doubt, we deserve to pour into our own energy. Oh, definitely. Because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? <laughs> <laughs> can't pour from an empty cup. And so you got to keep your cup full, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. So what are you excited about right now? Is there anything you have coming up, any programs or workshops? Uh, I'm super excited about this girlfriend, this, this is what I'm super excited oh, about. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> so people can, yeah. So you can find, uh, we are, um, oh goodness. I can't even remember what chapter, but ch uh, page 89, um, that is our daily self-love practice. People can find it by going to booklaunchlist.com. It signs you up. There is going to be, if you are local in the Detroit area, there's going to be a book launch. So that will be really fun. And I would love for people that would like to celebrate to come in person. And for those that sign up on the launch list, we are, this was the original copy. So I've got more coming and everyone that purchases from our launch list opportunity will get a special gift from me. And so that's my way of saying, thank you for believing in me. Even if you, this is the first time you're ever hearing me. Thank you for believing that, you know, someone that, I, I mean, I am an only child, single mom. Many would be, you know, would consider that many stages of my life, there was poverty. And I had no idea that I could go on to lead the U.S., you know, territory for a $66 million a year company, or that I could have a successful sweet business, or that I could become an author and do all of these things. And so I hope that others know that they can too. And the way that this is transpiring for me is because I've worked on my energy, on my alignment, on my belief of knowing that I'm worthy of it, because everything in my life 
in my history makes me believe that I'm not. And it takes reprogramming and intentionality to know that I am and to be welcoming to these experiences. And so I invite you all to do the same thing and welcome in the abundance through online e-commerce and through being able to have new marketing, you know, uh, projects and perspectives for your holiday season and whatever it is you can dream, chase it down. So yeah, the book, not the, but just booklaunchlist.com would be where people could connect on the next project uh, launching for us and stay tuned. There's, we have a podcast all around wellness outside of this industry. So if you are one that wants to amplify the wellness warrior within you, you can come listen to me and guest mash up on wellness topics on the wellness warrior collective podcast. Awesome. I will make sure I have the links and everything in the show notes for that so that people can grab a copy. And congratulations. That is so awesome, Lucia. Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting. Yes. And the first recollection I have of wanting to be an author was sixth grade. Like I, I know whose class I was in. I know the kids that were sitting by me and who I spoke it to. And so, yeah, it is the beginning of that come, I mean, this is, it is, I will now, I am now a published author and there will be some solo projects too. So very excited about it. Awesome. I'm sure it's definitely more to come. So how do you stay motivated as an entrepreneur? Like, how do you stay motivated? Cause it can be hard. And so give us some tips for staying motivated. I gave you guys my best tip and I put the best tip in the book, which is the daily self-love practice every single day. And I do this in a mirror in my birthday suit, which is butt naked for all of you that don't know, butt naked, nobody has to see you. And I do it on journal pages. And now I do it in community too. And so asking myself every single day, why I'm proud of myself, why I'm grateful for me, a desire that I'll speak out as though it's already true. I owned being an author before it was the truth. And then sharing something I love about me four prompts, all centered on me because we always are pouring those outwardly. Grateful for X, Y, or Z, all the things that are not me. And so this is a personal self-love practice. I stay motivated by knowing that I was put on this planet with a purpose, that I'm always guided, I'm always held, I'm always protected, and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And so I lean into trusting that even when it's scary. And I come back to knowing that if I hone my light, if I stay true and in integrity, I will without a doubt be able to accomplish every dream ever bestowed upon me. So that's what I would invite others to do is go back to the light that lives within you. Because when we depend on external factors, they're wavy. They're sometimes there. They're sometimes not. They may not fill, you know, they may not fill us all the way up. And if you are the one filling your cup, you'll know exactly where to fill it to. And then others can witness you. And then they can fill you to that same level too. What do you think is the greatest lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey thus far? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, love people and do it in love and allow for collaboration to reign supreme. Even when you feel competitive, know that that is merely a sign that somebody is teaching you something. And so circle up near them bear witness to their journey, let it inspire you, don't copy, and always, always, always be open to collaboration because collaboration reigns supreme. It is the foundation of everything. We are meant to be in community. What advice would you give yourself when you, you know, going back to when you first started in this industry? 
what advice would you give yourself? Get your branding on point day one. <laughs> Don't hesitate. Start building the brand today, 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 today. I would invite people, even when they don't know what that means, find somebody and ensure that you have branding basics nailed down and know that there's fluidity. So you are not marrying the brand, you are birthing it. So birth that brand and get it done. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's say it. it has been absolutely great having you on a podcast. Can you tell everybody how they can connect with you and find you online? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm easy to find because I am one of a kind. Lindsayah.com spelled like Lindsay with an A before and after the Y L I N D S A Y A.com. That is the easiest way to get directly to me. It's also Lindsayah underscore com on most, most social medias. And if you type Lindsayah, you'll find me. The reality is that I'm never far. So there are so many ways to opt into me. So everything from, you can hit me in the DMs. There's a contact button on my IG profile and there's a way to connect to me on my uh, on my website too. So I ensure that I am not hard to find because I get excited to connect when people want to. So yeah, that's how they would get a hold of me. Awesome. And would you like to share anything else with us, Nasea, before we go? No, just keep, keep shining and know that the greatest opportunity lives in leaning into our dreams. So Brandy, thank you for having me. I so appreciate you, sweet friend and excited and grateful because you're bringing such beauty into the beauty industry. And I'm grateful to have been your guest today. Thank you, Lindsay, everybody. As always, stay great. And we are up. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great. <laughs>